This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Hello, Place to Be Nation, and welcome back to Totally Rank, the podcast to put your nostalgic opinions in order. Once again, I'm Scott Grimes, and I will be hosting an episode every month here on the Pop Experience. Every time I'll bring on a special guest to talk music, uh, this episode will be no different. Today we'll be counting down our top 10 songs from 1981. Uh, hope you all listened and enjoyed our inaugural episode. Uh, huge shout out again uh, to Scott Crescolo for joining me on that maiden voyage. Uh, we had a great time and they've invited me back uh, for, for season two. Uh, so I got renewed here. I'm uh, allowed to, to do another one. And so I, I've got a guest with me again. Um, I'm going to introduce him here shortly, and then he'll tell you about uh, himself, and then we'll get into our, our countdowns here. So um, without further ado, uh, my guest for 1981 is going to be John Keselika. How's it going, John? Hey, Scott. Thanks again for having me on. It is great to be here, and uh, really excited to be a part of the music discussion on Place to Be Nation. Uh, listen to you and Scott, and you started at a great spot, 1980. I think a lot of us are growing up 80s kids so looking back fondly at the music that really shaped our tastes has been uh is, is a good journey and i'm had a blast going over these 1981 songs getting ready for tonight yeah i i, I gotta tell you i i actually had a lot harder time with this one than i did 1980 there were just for some reason i think a lot more songs this year that that resonated with me or that I have really fond memories of. And so I was trying to narrow this thing down and this was a lot more difficult for me. Um, what, what sort of criteria did you use? Did you have any, anything that you were looking at? Was yours all nostalgia? Like, Hey, I remember this song. Was it more of this song to the test of time? Did you kind of have anything that you used to, to categorize? I mean, I started with a baseline of just using that billboard chart for the end of year 100 and then after you know picking picking and choosing tracks from that and then went through uh just you know wikipedia's of the all the album releases in 81 and finding like some of my artists that didn't make that chart yeah. but i knew well these are some of my favorite tracks and i would be my list would be empty if they didn't have have some of these on there so i'm hope, hoping uh we have got a good blend of stuff that people know and real earworms but also uh, things that, that just were important to me and I still listen to on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure by the end of this episode, you know, everyone will have a sense of, you know, what kind of music you, you know, you prefer and what you enjoy and what you're into. Um, I'm the newbie at Place to Be Nation, so I'm sure, you know, many, many people already know who you are. But if anyone's listening and they may not know who you are, um, who are you, John? Yeah. Hey, I'm John uh, from New Jersey, currently in Hanoi, Vietnam. I've been a guest on a lot of the different Place to Be podcasts. I love uh, talking about pop culture and especially trivia. I had a few disaster showings in our quiz show uh, rounds years ago, but have really been uh, enjoying chiming in on the Mount Rushmore's. You can always hear me on topics that I like or the 920 podcast and especially uh, what's you know, near and dear to us, Scott, in the music room would be the uh, music video blast that Andy Atherton's been running. Yeah. Uh, those are a great place if everybody's ever take a listen to them to see here's some deep dives into you know music videos that really uh, were important to us and uh, have some some fun fun memories along the way with those. 
Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. I've, I've heard you on several things before, so it really is an honor to have you, you know, jumping on this with me. I really appreciate your time, uh, especially with the time difference that we're having here, um, me in Los <laughs> Angeles and, and you in Vietnam there. But uh, let's go ahead and just get started, man. Um, guest always goes first on my show. So uh, feel free to, you know, just introduce your your number 10 and, and tell us why I made your list. Thanks, Scott. Uh, you know, one of the things that really I noticed when making this list was how like energetic and happy a lot of the music was yeah. from this year. And as I was making the list and going through, I was just like, man, this is just a feel good playlist uh, with a lot of these songs. And I started with a group, some might consider it more of a one hit wonder, but I think there are, they, they have many great tracks as well. Uh, and it's also just a true rock and roll song, kind of a testament to, in this time of eighties where we're starting to see like warmers and hearing those synths and uh, you know, more dancing music that a throwback to real rock and roll and rockabilly can still top the charts and can still, you know, reach an audience. And so I went with the stray cats and their biggest hit of rock this town. And I can remember just that, that quick guitar riff at the beginning that opens up and Brian Setzer leads the group in. We've got that image. You can just picture the stand-up bass, those greased back pompadours, and just a real, real 50s, 60s feel of, of the music here. It's a great vibe all around and just a like fizz pumping almost like chorus that comes through when we're rock this town and everybody's fired up. Uh, great energy, great entrance into it, something that can, you know, get get you fired up every time I listen to it. So one of my favorite, favorite tracks of the 1980s and 1981 particularly. Listening to that album back on the Stray Cats, we listened to some of the mellow stuff like Stray Cats Strut, and I was stretching between using that, but Rock This Town had a bigger impact uh, and is the one that everybody will know. And, you know, it launched Brian Setzer into the, you know, the zeitgeist and people know who he is and We'd get him in launching another like revival later with the swing music in the early 2000s. Yeah. But just a kind of testament to how enduring a true rock and roll sound is. And it will always make, be a hit and always make the charts. So that's uh, why it, it starts my list out. No, that's I, that's a great start. I mean, that's a perfect way to kind of start. The countdown, like you, you mentioned so many things, you know, the music that was just feel good. And this is just that, that pump up, you know, rock song that really makes you feel good. I remember seeing this music video with my mom on pop-up video on VH1. Um, okay. You know, that's where my, my love of 80s music comes from is just kind of sitting on the couch there watching pop-up video. And I remember this one being a video that, you know, that would come up on there quite often. Um, just, I think, just the popularity and I think they had a lot of like fun facts about the making of the song and the video that I would read. And so it's definitely, it's a great way to kick off this list. Um, I think it's always good to kind of kick off something like this with, uh, with a song that you could actually see kicking off a playlist as well. Right. And that, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what this song would do. So I, I don't have much to add other. Yeah. It's definitely a good song. Probably like you said, their most well-known song. Um, <laughs> probably the song that I'd prefer from them if I am going to throw something on by them. And I think it's a, a great place to start. Cool. I'll get into my number 10. I also feel this is a pretty good place to start. I, I really had a lot of issues um, compiling my list this time. 1980 was hard, but 1981 by far for me was very difficult. I, I 
ended up with like 18 songs and trying to whittle that down to a top 10 and trying to figure out what to put where and do I like this song better than this one? If if I made this list tomorrow, I think it'd be completely different because I think it just kind of depended on the mood that I was in. But I had to start off with a song that I feel like pretty much everybody knows, really easy to sing along to. And I think going back to the 1980s episode again, one of the pillars that Scott and I discussed is how easy some of these songs are to sing along to. And that's what makes it fun is that you really just want something that you can go out whenever you hear it, whether you're at a shopping mall or at a bar or, you know, at a, at a sporting event, wherever you may hear this, it's easy to sing to. It's easy for you. It's easy for your kids. Like this song encapsulate that my number 10 is eight, six, seven, five, three Oh nine Jenny by Tommy two tone, which again, it's just the song that pretty much everybody knows if, you may, you know, eight six seven five three zero nine. literally anyone that <laughs> can count can sing along to the chorus of this song. And I think that's why it's kind of stood the test of time. And it's still a song that people will get excited about when it comes on. Um, not something you hear regularly, like some of the other songs that are going to come up on my list later. But when you do hear it, you're like, oh, I remember that song. Yeah, this song's a lot of fun. Jenny, I got, you know, it's, it's just, it's a really fun song. I think it lyrically it's not great right i mean <laughs> you could say it's like a, a five-year-old could have wrote that song but it just worked just everything that tommy two-tone did with it uh just just kind of worked and it's a song that i'll always remember and you know i think it's funny that you know that phone number got banned for a while there in the united states because people just had that <laughs> on their mind and and so for me that's the type of song that when i think 80s that's probably one of the first 10 or 15 songs that i think of just because it's it's so memorable for me so it had to kick off my list oh man and that's one of the great things about a podcast like this and going back and forth and sharing lists because i love tommy two tones 8675309 it never even crossed my mind as being like from 1981 or on yeah. this list uh i think those one hit wonders they're like a songs without a time almost like you yeah. don't even think about what year they came out and so when i'm looking through lists of songs it never even never even popped up but wow what a banger and uh like you said the the production value in it the the performance uh simple lyrics and yeah. but just a just a chorus that sticks home eight six seven five three oh nine hitting that number Something about it always appealed to me was just the weird pronunciations like the that the singer has, like on Nomberg. Like, oh, like yeah, he, yeah. He has this kind of rounded out way of speaking and gnawing, like it's a little way, almost Baba Booey-ish. Yeah, times. it's still hard for me to pronounce nine without saying nine, like he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think the first time I probably heard this song would be from watching a commercial on TV for an 80s comp. And, you know, they're scrolling through the songs and playing little clips. I love those commercials. (laughs) And that was where I I just heard the chorus. I was like, I got to find that song. Uh, So, uh, you know, just shows how great, how that can hook you right away. And it's terrific. I think in, uh, I mean, to to drive, even drove like an eighth grade art project of mine, an eighth or ninth grade art project in school where we were doing, uh collages and i used the number like, somewhere <laughs> that's in, awesome in production so uh absolutely great choice man tommy two-tone <laughs> all right uh, hey well yeah glad, glad glad you approve i'm glad that it's always nice when you have like a, a specific memory that you can go back to right like like that project for you and mm-hmm. it just kind of shows how like the song like tommy two-tone you know if you were to ask 100 people who sings eight two seven five three zero nine or jenny 
depending on who you ask, you know, you might get 35 of them who know it's Tommy Two-Tone. That, unfortunately, he didn't last, but the song did, and, and yeah. it's, it's not going anywhere. So I had to do that. Uh, back to you for, for number nine. Number nine, yeah. So we've had two picks out and two kind of one-hit wonders showing up so far. Yeah, uh, that's the I 80s for number you. Nine, yeah, that's the 80s. My number nine comes from a bit an artist with a bit more of a legacy than than those two. Uh, and, you know, to me, not one of my favorite songs of his, but the fact that even one of my not favorite songs of his could make a top 10 list shows how much I really like Bruce Springsteen. And, you know, Bruce Springsteen's song that is on the Billboard charts for this year is Hungry Heart. Mm-hmm. And from off the album, The River, it's... To me, it's not not as best. We think of Bruce and think of those really kind of like more serious and like yeah. like you know blue collar songs. Whereas this is so upbeat. I think they even speed his voice up a little bit in the track because you you listen to it the first time. You're like, is that Bruce singing? <laughs> it, it's not really that sense. But what it does capture is that amazing full sound uh, that's like a party atmosphere of the E Street band behind it. All the instruments, the horns, the keys, the, you know, coming together and, you know, just feels like this celebratory bar setting like that, that you would be in listening to Hungry Heart and uh, is, is great for that reason. Uh, interesting enough, of course, is that Bruce wrote that for, the Ramones at first. He had written it for Joey Ramone and then to sing. And you can picture that sounding like yeah. Joey Ramone singing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, especially since they speed vo- Bruce's voice up a little to p- take the pitch up on it in the performance. But uh, I'm glad he kept it. Even though it's not my favorite Bruce song, when he plays it in concert, you can see how it, the crowd erupts for it. So it's definitely uh, one of his one of his his songs that people love the most i think if you if you're looking for entry points for bruce springsteen for people who don't really know him that much this might be a song that you include in there because i I think it's it's one of his more populous you know yeah (laughs) reaching songs that's not it's not off nebraska let's say that you know (laughs) it's definitely a more optimistic uh and fun song yeah that's a really solid choice um you kind of hit it there at the end. I, it, it, what's interesting about Bruce Springsteen is, you know, he's really this everyman, right? And that's kind of what he was, right? Like you mentioned, kind of blue collar, just the guy that would be your neighbor that you'd kind of see at the butcher shop, right? And he was, you know, that that was his whole shtick and he was kind of marketed that way. I think what's interesting now is that I find that Bruce Springsteen is pretty much like take it or leave it. Like there's some people who are really, you know, big Springsteen fans. And there's some people who are you know, just kind of like, eh, it's not really for me. Um, and what's interesting about this song is that I think that he kind of found that middle ground, right? Where this is yeah. almost a little bit more for the masses. Like it is an easy entryway and a gateway to his music because it's not as Springsteen as, as a lot of his other stuff is. And so I think that someone who maybe has like a bias and has maybe heard some of his other you know, music and says, oh, you know, that's not for me. I think you could play them this one and, and give them a different perspective. Um, so that's a testament for, you know, him and his team for for coming up with that. And it does make a lot of sense that it was written for the Ramones because, yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. You know, when you listen to the song, you can really now I didn't know that. So that's 
thank you for sharing that. Now I'll have a different appreciation when I, you know, the next time I hear that song is thinking, okay, now it makes sense why stylistically it wasn't necessarily in his wheelhouse, but it is good that he kept it. Um, yeah. And really, uh, you know, shout out to, to Bruce for having so many great songs. Like you said, this isn't probably maybe one of his best songs or one of his more well-known songs, but it can still make a list like this. Right. And that, that kind of yeah. shows the level of success that he had, especially, you know, during this time. So definitely a solid choice there. I, I liked it where our lists are going. I, it's always nice to be off to a good start and not have any duplicates <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, I know that's something Scott was really worried about and we ended up only having a few. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes as, as we go on. Uh, my number nine, I actually believe Scott and I referenced it uh, on the last episode because we both had a different song by this uh, band on our list for 1980. Um, but this was a band that was just really... Um, pumping out hits late seventies into the early eighties. And this was one of them. Uh, I believe it was number one. Uh, their song was number one on my 1980 list. No, it was number four on my 1980 list. Um, and it was very high on Scott's as well. My number nine is Rapture by Blondie. Um, and I have very fond memories of this song because my mom loves this song. And so growing up, she would play this song endlessly and i think that's why it probably made my list i think there are other songs um kind of some honorable mentions some things i'll talk about later that i probably would have put on my list over this song but i have such fond memories of my mom playing it and my mom doing the rap part and that (laughs) song is just strange it's just a strange song all the way through the way it starts out you hear the first 15 20 seconds of that song you'd never think oh there's a rap verse in this song somewhere um, and I think Debbie Harry just did a great job with the, the lyrics um, and with, with her vocals on that song, um, especially through the verses. The rap is take it or leave it. Do what you will. It's, it's early remnants of hip hop, if you, if you will. Um, but the I Martians think, eating cars and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know? they, Mercury's and Subaru's and Cadillacs. Yeah. I, I, you know, but I think what gets underlooked is her vocals throughout the verses because she sings that song very, very well. And I think most people kind of remember the rap and that's the first thing they go to on that. But the, you know, the rest of the song is, is, is really well done. Um, A lot of fun, a song I always enjoy whenever I hear it Um, might not necessarily be something I seek out. I don't know that I'm ever like, you know what I want to do today? Rapture by Blondie. But when I hear it, I certainly, I smile and it, it, pulls out a heartstring just because of how often my mom would play that growing up. And, and she's, she's my, my gateway to music. Um, you know, so anything that, that she was into, I had no choice but to be into when I was a five-year-old kid and she was playing, you know, her records. So uh, shout out to my mom. Hi mom. If you're listening, <laughs> shout out to, to Debbie Harry and Blondie and, and shout out to Rapture, my number nine song from 1981. Scott side two track one best of Blondie. That's exactly <laughs> what <laughs> ran into rapture and it is awesome uh like you said and i mean first let's take a pause to the fact that in the midst of their career in 1981 blondie is releasing a best of already that's how great they were that we're able to do that yeah uh but introductory to rap but not just of rap but the kind of what we see today or what we've seen pop music evolve to is that we can have a pop track that has a rap breakdown in the middle of you know, that not something that we had seen ever before. And yeah. Blondie's able to do uh, the kind of transition from that weird disco overtone, this kind of hypnotic versus yes. uh, of Debbie Harry just kind of 
it, it feels like you're floating listening to it as you do, as as you go through it and then just uh the rap at the end which is yeah i mean rudimentary i don't know if she and chris stein were the ones who, who helped out on the lyrics yeah. there or you know if this was a you know, after after a night at Studio Fifty Four, hanging out with Fab Five Freddy, they decided let's put this together. But uh, you know, really, just one of my favorite things about Blondie is their stretching of genres, their their fearlessness in going to new wave, going to you know, even like uh, throwbacks to fifty songs in their permanent their performance of Denis. In you guys had it number one and number four. Call me from your last list where you yeah. guys showed like their ability to just like rock and like have big guitar hooks and drum pieces as part of songs. And then their forays into disco with Heart of Glass and you know Rapture, which crosses that disco with rap. Uh, Blondie is a fearless band. Is a really really important group. Uh, with hit after hit and i'm glad that you have them here and i didn't make it didn't make my list but actually if you want this will transition well into my number eight which comes from blonde oh let's go <laughs> love it so yeah blondie had a couple hits that year uh, i think if you look at the charts rapture rapture was was up there but even higher was another genre of theirs as they explored more of an island theme with the tide is high yeah and the tide is high is is a cover track i'm pretty sure uh on their part of of an old island song and just captures such a dance and kind of laid back vibe with it uh once again the debbie harry vocal is the centerpiece that is inviting that is just like almost seductive in a way (laughs) as she's you know as she lays out the lyrics. Um, similar to the song you pulled up earlier, yeah, very simple with Tommy Tuchin. There's not much to these lyrics. Yeah. Uh, we repeat the same verse pretty much every time through and the chorus gets hit a lot, but it's a hook that stays with you. You know, I'm going to be your number one, number one. And that the steel drum that goes into it for probably the first time we're hearing steel drums in a, on the Billboard pop charts. Um, Blondie, just just game changers, and I'm glad they earned their Hall of Fame uh, nod and finally recognized as such. And Debbie Harry, I mean, there's not much more that can be said about the beauty of Debbie Harry, and one of the things that attracts us <laughs> attracted me to watching to listening to them in the first place. But song after song on that best of and on the yeah. two albums they put out this year are hits, and uh, yeah. So that was that's where I'm going with Blondie. I'm glad we've got we double up on Blondie here. So I'm glad they get their representation. Well deserved. Well deserved. You know, there's been three people on this show so far, right? You, mm-hmm. me, and and Chris Colo. And I know all three of us are, are huge Blondie fans and would all say that I think they're one of the most underrated and underappreciated bands probably in the history of music. Um yeah. just incredible. And I don't think that they get the credit that they deserve, to be honest with you. And you th- you know, you say to someone, you know, name bands that, that were, were just amazing in the, you know, their era, you get the Fleetwood Macs and, you know, which, which you know, in their own right. But I, I think Blondie's, you know, they need to, their name needs to come up at the top of that list too, if, if you're thinking of that. And how important of a group to be, you know, tied in with that 
underground art yes, scene, crossing genres. You didn't eighties and yeah, you know, the with the Velvet Underground kind of like breaking through into mainstream. Uh, part of that is Debbie Harry's like absolute star power that wouldn't be denied. And they were like, "You listen, these guys are everybody's gonna love them." Yeah, and part of it is just the great musicianship of the group to pull together and put out all these hits. Yeah, I mean, they're doing in 1980, 1981, what Michael Jackson's doing a few years later with, you know, crossing different genres, right? And bringing other kind of sounds into popular music. Blondie was doing that five years before, you know, mm-hmm. before Michael Jackson was doing that. Um, I Tied as high as it's the reason that that one, as much as my mom played Rapture, she played the <laughs> Tide as high maybe twice as much. And okay. I, I actually can't detach the song from my mom singing it. <laughs> she sang that song word for word i just when you said tide is high the first thing my mom my mind went to was my mom singing it at the top of her lungs playing the record i almost forgot blondie sang that song and i thought it was a, a, a my mom's single one of her originals yeah. i thought it was one of her originals just of how how often she sang it and but it is it's a really great song it's been covered a million times it's one of those songs that like you'll hear at karaoke Someone will get up there and if they're going to do a Blondie song, nobody really tries to tackle, uh, you know, call me that that's that's a tall task and rapture. But tight is high. Like you said, it's easy to sing along to. So it's, it's everybody it's, knows it. Everybody yeah. knows it. Even if they like if, if you're at that karaoke performance, I think everybody knows they're like, we got the chorus down. Yeah, there's very little in the verses. It's like three lines. Yeah. So you can mumble through them, but then it just rallies everybody back. They can get in. on the tide is Yeah, high. it's awesome. Yeah, that I love it. I, double Blondie. That's you know, hopefully this isn't the last of them. It may be on this on this you know <laughs> podcast as things go along. You know, as we get further into into the years. But I'm glad, if nothing else, that at least three different Blondie songs have been represented already. Um, speaking of a band, I'm actually going to pause here because I need to re uh, upgrade my subscription which oh. I didn't realize expired. Uh, so Andy, I'm going to go ahead and just do that very quickly. Um, and we can cut this out because I don't want to run out of time. I have a little bit of time, so I'll kind of do that in the background while I'm, while I'm talking about my my uh, next song. So my number eight um, is from a band that I'm almost positive will come up again. I know probably will for me, probably in my next episode. Uh, I actually have another song by them in my honorable mentions uh, just because so many hits, so many classic hits, but the one I went with with number eight is just a feel-good song that just automatically immediately brings a smile to my face the second the song comes on and the second you hear the introduction. Um, I think everyone pretty much gets really excited when this plays. Um, so my number eight is uh, You Make My Dreams Come True by Hall & Oates. Uh, just, just a fun song. I mean, you talk about, again, all these sort of feel good, make you happy, put a smile on your face type of tracks that were coming out around this time. This is kind of the epitome of that. Um, just sung so well, right, by, by Daryl Hall and, and, uh, and a song, again, that everyone knows. You know, you know, you know the, the, the chorus, you know some of the words in the verses. You've got the little sing-along part in it. That's really what makes a song that stands the test of time. It, you can sing along to it. You can put it on in the car during a road trip and you know your whole family can can sing along and it's easy to do and this is that song i don't think i've ever heard this song and not smiled or wanted to skip down the street you know if i was out in public or had to look and and make sure i wasn't you know inappropriately dancing not not twerking (laughs) but like dancing in an inappropriate location like in line at the bank or something like that and it comes on and here i am just you know 
because you got to move to it a little bit. It just has that beat. You really can't stand still when this song comes on. And so I think that again, is kind of the mark of a, of a classic hit. And, and that's what this is for me. Um, and I'm a big Hall and Oates fan. And so I, I had to get them some representation on, on my list here. It's one of those songs that you just, you hear it, you can picture, you're like, you're like there are probably five, seven, 10 movies who have used this as, oh, like, yeah. as the soundtrack to somebody walking in a good mood. Do this, this in, between this and walking on sunshine, they're probably like <laughs> the, the two tracks that just get hit. And there's a reason for that because it has that emotion in it. It just spurns you to like, yeah, I, I'm like on my way to something good. Like, here we go. Like, you know, it is a propelling song in that way. Uh, just moving you forward with with such sheer joy. You mentioned this single. I don't know half the words aside from you make my dreams come true. And then, but I can always pop in on <laughs> like you know exactly shorting along that like backup vocal part. And uh, yeah, if Hollow Notes had this that year. I I, I think they hit my honorable mention. Uh, but my appreciation for Hollow Notes definitely grew as as I got older. I think as a kid they were pretty lame <laughs> to me. Uh, Hollow Notes so. It's not till later, but they definitely uh, you can appreciate the musicianship behind it. And, you know, the idea that this is a really soulful act. Uh, yeah. That that also just had a re- their finger on the pulse of like how to make really good pop songs. And uh, it's kind of underrated, at least underrated by me, if not underrated by by many others. So great, great choice. And I mean, I feel like going out and, you know, walking to start my day with this popping in right now. <laughs> like, just get moving. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel about this song. Is it, it it just is the perfect way to kind of start your day. And you know, you mentioned it; they really had their finger on the pulse of of pop culture. They they just knew what made a hit, and in, in the early to mid eighties, and they they were just pumping them out back to back to back because they just they they got it, they understood it, and it worked for them. And so I, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, love this song to this day. And and yeah, might throw it on after we finish recording here just to to, <laughs> to have a good time. Uh, great. So I'll take it to number seven. Like I said, I predicted going in after looking at my list, we are just pitching good moods all over the place with the, with some of these tracks so far. And that's great. I'm going back into, I guess, what would be considered a one hit wonder, uh, of sorts. They had a couple hits, uh, but not as many that, that hit as this to me. Uh, and they were the best new artists that year. So, you know, you'd think they'd have even bigger things coming for them. But Men at Work's uh, introduction track of Down Under uh, is a great, great song to me. The feel of kind of like an actual song coming from a different place. Uh, you know, we're singing about Australia and it captures that essence of this doesn't sound like music that pop music that i hear from the u.s created by u.s or created at top of the mm-hmm. pops in in the uk this has such a distinct sound but it's really inviting and really catchy the whole way uh i loved this is one that was made even better by the video and by frequent watchings on pop-up video probably like you uh, yeah. of, so for reasons that i know that they're portraying a funeral at the end of you know to show the death of australia in the song a song that actually had some importance to them, some important message probably in it, but was just also a celebration of Australia and, you know, real just great musicianship, pop pop mentality throughout that uh, that makes for a memorable piece. So Men It Works Down Under is is uh, one of my favorites from the year 1981. I don't think it even charted when I was looking through. I found it just from the fact that their album came out that year. I think it may have charted the year after. 
Um, may have been more of an 82 song that was released in 81. Yeah, I think that's got to be what it is. Yeah, because when I was compiling kind of my short list, I didn't even see this. And I definitely would have, you know, thrown it onto my kind of big master list before I started narrowing things down, because it is really just a great song. You hit the nail on the head, you know, when you said it's it sounds like it's from somewhere else. Right. Like it 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 really does just kind of open up and, you know, with the way the music's going, you're kind of instantly transformed and, and transported, uh, you know, to Australia and, you know, to a different place. And I think that's really cool about the song and what makes it really stand out. And the lyrics are just fun, too. Like she made him a Vegemite sandwich. Like I I. <laughs> I don't even know if that's good or not, but I'm glad that they put that in there. Like, I don't, you know, maybe I, I think that's probably a lot of people's first exposure to Vegemite sandwiches uh, was from that, that song. You get that slang full of zombie, like, yeah, know, Australian slang. She took him home to. and made him breakfast. Like, you know, she made him breakfast, <laughs> like uh, great lyrics that are just kind of, you know, it's one of those songs where every time you hear it, you're picking up a little bit more. You're kind of like, oh, that's what that's what they're saying there. Like they're kind of using some vocabulary that I think is, is interesting, right? Like plunder. Yeah. You don't really hear the word plunder in, in songs too often, right? You don't really don't hear that word in general a lot, but the fact that they were able to put that in such a hit is, I, I just, I think that's really interesting. And that, that really makes that song stand out um, are the lyrics. I mean, that early eighties in the mid eighties, we, we get into America's love affair with Australian culture all of a sudden yeah. too, right? With Between this, uh, you know, the Crocodile Dundee films, then uh, even In Excess's Rise is another Australian group. Uh, we really kind of, for some reason, and I mean, oh, another 80s one-hit wonder, we can look to Yahoo Sirius, another Aussie export. Uh, yeah. Seems that for some reason, Australia had a moment there in the 80s for <laughs> for the, for the us in the U.S., so glad to get them uh, on the chart here. Yeah, I almost wonder if, if, you know, this song was kind of the catalyst for that. You know, when you think about it, is sometimes all it does take is kind of one really popular, you know, pop culture sort of outbreak. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like the British invasion, right? All it took was, was kind of, you know, one instance. And then all of a sudden people became obsessed with a specific region or a specific culture or lifestyle. And so I wonder if, you know, you could actually attribute some of that to, uh, you know, this song. And I, I think that's actually really cool when you think about that um but yeah really uh really really good song uh probably would have at least made my honorable mentions had i even realized <laughs> that it was it was from that it was released in 1981 so that's that's great on you for for doing your research there and, and being able to pull that one out that's that's awesome
All right. So it looks like we are at my number seven, um, which initially, first of all, I I think that most people don't realize this song came out as early as it did um, because of this this individual's career. And it's one of those songs. This won't be the only one on my list. There'll be one later on as well. This is a song that I think really had a renaissance um, 25 plus years after it initially came out, especially thanks to a particular scene in a movie. I think really put this song back on people's radars, but it's also just a great song in its own right. It's sung well. I know that it has a message behind it. Um, the reason that he wrote the song. My number seven is In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, which um, again, this is, I mean, this is a great song. It, it, if this song wasn't in The Hangover, if it didn't have that scene, it's still a great song. That just kind of, I think, put it onto a, a completely new audience of just how fun this is to sing along to. Like if Mike Tyson and Bradley Cooper and Zach Galifianakis are singing along to this song, then it must be great. Um, and so I think that gave it a new audience and breathed new life into it, which is actually kind of ironic because it's about a drowning. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do think this is, it's just a great song. He sings it well. There's a lot of emotion in his voice while he sings this song because of the story behind it. And and I think that, you know, it really carried a lot of weight with him as he was was writing and recording this track. Um, so it starts out, yeah, I think it kind of slumbers. It's a little slow, right? You kind of got to get into it before you hit the big do-do-do-do-do, you know, the, the part that everyone knows and really starts singing along to the chorus. Um, but it's, if you really listen to the song, you know, before that part, um, it's really a great song, great lyrics with a great meaning. Um, most people remember it for the fun part, which again, if it's an 80s song, it's more than likely going to be fun. But uh, I think it's a really great song. I'm, I'm honestly surprised it wasn't higher on my list, but I think all the songs upcoming, I just like a little bit better, but I, I think this is a really great song. So it, I, I had to represent it some way. Nice. Great pick, Scott. It is higher on my list. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I definitely made it. Love it. Definitely made it. Uh, and you're right. I don't think anybody recognizes Phil Collins. This song as being from 81. Right. We probably usually think of it as being, you know, more of that late 80s run that he If had. you would have asked me prior to maybe a year or two ago, I probably would have said like 1986. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And you know what? Another song that Braddy Young me dismissed because it's phil collins oh yeah i would say and i would say what the hell like i was into rock i was into metal i was into in into harder stuff i don't need to hear the guy who's what the guy who's wrestling in heart underwear against the under the the ultimate warrior in those scenes (laughs) like i'm i'm thinking of phil collins as this kind of like poppy schlocky guy never anything i wanted anything to do with uh and it's one that you know when you explore deeper catalogs and recognize Wait, he this Genesis were prog rock like yeah, know, like monsters at some point. And then not oh, okay. Like so there was more to this. And yeah, it's it's such a well-crafted song. Uh a gutting, gutting vocal performance on it that is just so heavy. It's 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 really, really well done. And one of those songs that's kind of haunting and it just leaves sticks with you yeah. um, it d- depending on your setting if you're listening to it by yourself the quiet setting it really can kind of sink deeper with you but also you know i mean like you said new life from just the appreciation from people from a comedy movie it is uh it is a great track and a real real uh 
real great first step for Phil Collins, who was stepping out on his own as a solo act, you know, from to emerge. To, so to see that he had this much more to offer as an artist, uh, from just being the drummer in Genesis, then to having to be the front man, to being like, no, I can do this on my own, and I have this creativity and this uh, musical talent behind me to put in is uh what a what a great first track if if like a day for as a debut for a solo artist you couldn't ask for more and so 100 great great choice like i said it it'll show up later in my list but glad to see it made they, they were saying felt the same yeah no that is you know it's always good to have a little bit of crossover um you know we're on the same page here so you know when we get to it on your list uh we can you know Kind of just will reiterate kind of everything that we said here. And, uh, you know, I look forward to that. But before then, we got to get to your number six. So let us know what that number is. Six. Number six. Yeah, let's 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 break it down. Let's get a little funkier here. And, and you know, coming from the heaviness of in the air tonight to just an all time party track and one that has been sampled and an artist who it lives on in his legacy indoors. That's Rick James. Super freak. Ah, made my honorable <laughs> mentions, yeah. Yeah, honorable mentions. Absolutely. There is, I mean, there's a reason Hamsey Hammer picked that picked that riff to use for Can't Touch This. And there's a reason people love to cite Rick James is because he captured that party atmosphere and, you know, just fun and funk in his music. And Super Freak was a breakout hit for him. And, you know, I'm sure in 1981 at whatever dance club, you could not go without hearing Super Freak yeah. and getting getting the party started. I'm, I love listening to it and, and just, you know, singing along with Rick James and watching people, you know, then obviously similar to Hangover, chime in with their Rick James impersonations from Chappelle. Like, yeah. it inspires all that. But that's the the power of a, of a great artist is that his work can endure through that and just be uh, so memorable. So Rick James gave us all those party moments. He would eventually then move into producing and helping Eddie Murphy even get behind the mic <laughs> so on, on, a, on a later season. I don't know if, if party all the time is going to make some memorable tracks for one of your, your <laughs> rank this list, but super freak definitely deserves to be in my top 10 for 81. I'm I'm really glad that it was really hard for me to leave it off the list. It was like my third left off. Um, I, I had it and it just kept moving back. So I'm really glad that you, that it, it's on at least one of our lists. It, it really is like, this is one of the most fun songs for me to like sing along to just like in the car. It's so catchy. It stays in your head all day. Right. I mean, this is the definition of an earworm just a couple of days ago, literally my girlfriend was singing this song after we heard it in the car. And, you know, later on, a couple hours later, she's still singing. And I'm just like, that's what this song does to you. There's so many fun parts of that song to sing along to. It's it's real. It's very similar to like a baby got back. Right. In the sense that it's just a song that everyone knows. It's really fun to sing along to. It's fun at a wedding. It's fun at karaoke. It's fun no matter Mm -hmm. where you go, like to hear it. It's if you don't sing along and start moving a little bit to this song, like you probably don't have a soul. Right. Cause I, I don't know how you can, I, I, I don't, I'm not even sure that like, um, you know, a guard at Buckingham palace wouldn't like move a little bit if they heard this song, you know, I, I almost feel like you can't, uh, you know, sit still when the song is on and it really is 
like you said, the fact that, you know, you can't touch this is it's, you know, derived from it. And, you know, Chappelle show covered it, all that stuff. Just again, it's one of those songs that had new life into it, but I don't even know if it needed it because it was, it was already just so iconic and so classic, even shortly after it came out that it, it's just a really fun song. And I do think it deserves to be on any list um, of any year from the eighties, any list of songs that I want played, you know, at a wedding or a birthday party or anywhere that I go, if I want to have a good time, Super Freak is, is certainly on that list because it's, I, I mean, how can it not be? It's a great song. Yeah. Awesome. Really glad it made your list there. Um, <laughs> on to my number six, if you listen to the last episode, um, there was probably one artist, one person in particular that, that Scott Criscolo and I really raved about. Um, and I don't think it was just because of, of her unfortunate uh, recent passing, but that was Olivia Newton-John. Um, you know, we both had magic uh, by her on our 1980s list. My number six is physical uh, by Olivia Newton-John. It's, I mean, there's not much more to say about this that Scott and I didn't touch on the last episode when it comes to Olivia Newton-John, but man, what a great song. What a fun song. What a sort of, departure from what people expected from her type of song right like you know she was more of this balladeer like you're thinking um you know she's got the great voice obviously coming off of Greece and things like that but then all of a sudden to come out and do something that I mean, that music video is basically every Nicki Minaj music video now right where they're just wearing <laughs> spandex and dancing around or Kanye's workout plan like there's all these different music videos that are inspired by the physical music video from the video alone I think this song would make my list like if that was just a video and had no lyrics, it might still make my list. But the fact that it has lyrics to it and it's just a really fun song, is it her best written song ever? No, of course not. It's pretty basic, but damn, is it fun to sing along with? And it's, it's just one of those songs again, that gets you pumped up. You know, if you're, if you're in the gym or if you're, you know, trying to to have some energy, maybe you're at home and you know, you got to, you know, exercise bike or something like that. How can you not play physical by by Olivia Newton John and and kind of get those juices flowing? Um, my probably my favorite song by her, which is saying a lot because I I think she's an incredible artist and and had a great catalog of of music. But you know, physical is just one of those songs that you remember hearing it, and I love listening to it over and over again. And it's not something I don't think I'm going to get sick of anytime soon. You know, Scott, one of the biggest things I've gotten from the first episode of your show and from just place to be nations uh you know music coverage is a new appreciation for olivia newton john that i did not have before uh after she passed obviously andy and the team did a full week devoted to her her music on on the on the daily music video jukebox and now to hear you and scott both you know cite her as such an influential artist as a as a you know important artist in your lives really really is eye-opening for me and it's a it's a blind spot on my part like i did not ever really know olivia newton john aside from physical and greece that's that's olivia newton john to me but uh to that said physical is probably if you're listing what are iconic 80s songs when you picture 80s songs physical is right up there. you know it's combination of the song plus the music video what what an early uh indication of what music video could be and the power of it so for for that alone the song is important and deserves to be in any top 10 great great choice with Olivia john and yeah 
Magic, the Xanadu soundtrack. I've gone back and actually like listened to them thanks to you guys uh, and your your praise of them. So thank you for that. Great, great, great choice. Yeah, I love it. And it was, yeah, I mean, this is this pretty comes up. This comes up pretty much any quintessential list of 80 songs, physical is going to be on there. It was the song of the year for 1981. And it's just, it really is, um, especially early 80s, it really is kind of the one of the tokens of of that style of music. Um, mm. So yeah, don't want to say anything else about about ONJ. Uh, but uh, <laughs> glad glad that, that I've had her represented on my first two inaugural lists mm-hmm. here, because I think, you know, she deserves it and probably won't come up again. But I, I had to get her in there where I could. Um, I think we're in the top five now. We are, yeah. And we're going to start out the top five uh, with a group that had went on to have bigger hits, much bigger hits, and a lead singer who went on to even bigger things. But I've got to cite The Police, one of the bigger acts in the early 80s. Uh, and maybe my favorite track by them is my number five, and that's Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. Also on my honorable mentions. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> more more happy music, right? Once again, 1981, just, just a happy mood all around. And every little thing she does is magic is, is different from some of those police songs that sound more contemplative and whatnot. And it's just like a fun romp throughout. Uh, I love the addition of keyboard that kind of kind of livens up the music and it's one where another one of those where you might not know the the verses and everything if you're mm-hmm. a karaoke, but it always can get everybody going on the chorus. They can jump right in as it builds up to it. Every little thing yeah. you don't It's this big like eruption of celebration in that song. And uh, I love Sting's Sting's vocal in it. The you know Andy Summers drumming. The video always kind of captured the energy and kind of right really in the band as you see them in the booth kind of messing around and yeah. you know screwing off the levels i always appreciated that uh and this was when i listened to the police and their more serious stuff that would come out in 84 with synchronicity and obviously their big hits then with every breath you take and wrapped around your finger it's nice to know that they were able to have fun and just kind of also also you know have this kind of poppy music in them so that's why it definitely makes my list. I'm glad it it was it was falling down. You know, I had it up even higher <laughs> when I was starting on the list. And, you know, I'm glad to have like kept it to make my top five. Yeah, I think it was one of the first songs that I put on my list when I started building a list mm-hmm. for, for 1981 was like, oh, every little thing she does is magic pretty much has to be on there. Um <laughs> This, this song holds, I mean, there's one particular memory in my family of this song that my brother and I still reference to this day, even though it happened over 25 years ago. Um, and that's, again, it was just happened to be, I think, on VH1 one night um, and our moms just sitting on the couch, just singing along, at, especially at the end, the EO, EO, just that repetitive part at the end there and her just singing along to it and and just dancing a little bit and, and my brother and I just I have a very vivid memory of that still happening I can tell you what my mom was wearing you know sitting there on the couch wow. and, and just one of those things that you just go back to with this song just how fun it was and just that the little microcosm of like a four minute memory of something that 
it was very insignificant that happened 20 plus you know years ago but i remember it and i remember I, if it was a different song i don't know that i still have that memory right because it, this song just happened to to put us in that happy mood to where you would retain something like that in your brain and it just has such a vibe to it that makes you want to kind of like jump up in place or like yeah. even in your seat be like bop inside the side when that chorus yeah. hits like if i'm if i'm just working and it's on the background you know i'm not sitting still and typing at that point i'm i'm coming to life with with that song so it's 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 a really really great track it is it is solid really great way to start the top five as well because i what i like is that you know the, your last two have been in my honorable mentions and so it's like i felt bad leaving them out right it's like oh man i really <laughs> want to kind of you know give them their due and it's nice that that you've done that so it, it's you know it makes me feel good because my number five you know i don't know where people are gonna we're gonna sit on this because it's again really simple song and like as i was ranking these i kept thinking to myself why is this so high? Like, why do I have this ahead of physical and in the air tonight and, and rapture and all these songs? But I just said, you know, I just love this song. Like when I hear it, I'm instantly in a good mood, regardless of where I am, what I'm doing, what situation I'm around. Instantly, I'm in a good mood. It's so easy to sing along to a karaoke classic, fun for the whole family, as I like to say. Fun for the whole family is this song. Um, and that's Tainted Love by Soft Cell. That's my number right. five. And like, I don't know that you can get a, a simpler song. Maybe Funky Town, which made my list in 1980. Um, yep. This is very similar to that and where it's just got that really fun sort of 80s, uh, you know, synthesized sort of beat with really easy lyrics that everyone can say, everyone knows, and just fun to sing along to. Um, just instantly puts me in a good mood when I hear Tainted Love. I, I You know, the it's the now I know I've got to bump, bump, run. Uh, like that just makes it... Oh, that- Bump, bump is what, yeah. That's so everybody fun. at karaoke or at the bar or at a kid's birthday party. Like it doesn't really matter where you are. This this song kind of works in any setting, and I think that is kind of um, an indication of a song that's pretty classic and iconic. Is that it can be played anywhere at any time, and anyone from like you know your grandchild to your grandparent can can sing along with it because it's that catchy and it's that easy. So I. Don't know how it made it this high, but, uh, you know, I just kept thinking I, I this song is just really, really fun. And it made it all the way up to number five for me. It's great that you're giving these one hit wonders of to- Soft Cell, Tommy Two-Tone, getting their due on your list. Because, again, yeah, kind of th- songs out of time for me where I wouldn't place it at 1981. I just know like, wow, oh, yeah, that's a great track. And it gets lost in all of these other great songs that we hear from artists we remember. Yeah. and. But you know what? Who's gonna they they of uh you know pick a big artist that had an album that year? Do you remember that track more? Or do you remember Tainted Love? Right. You know, and th- that's why it deserves to be in your top five. I mean, that's the thing. Like you know, even Hungry Heart. Do you remember Hungry Heart, or do you remember you know Tainted yeah. Love? And it's like <laughs> the answer is Tainted Love. It, you know, if yeah. you're doing the greater than less than sign, it's 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 gonna be pointed towards Tainted Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean yeah great job soft soft cell indoors just with that with that 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 weird like kind of like typewriter-ish sound that comes up at the beginning uh such an odd blend of sounds we had in our music in the early 80s when we were messing around with different synths 
And this is one that almost combines them all. And you can't imagine trying to perform that live, but yeah, you know, that's, that's why it, it still lives on and everybody will join in. Like you said, karaoke, you, if you don't have 75% of the crowd joining in with you because they recognize it, then I don't know where you are. Yeah. You're not in the right karaoke bar. Yeah. For sure. All right. Awesome. We're moving along here. Uh, Number four for you, John. Number four. uh, I did one of these guys videos for the music video jukebox. And in 1981 journeys escape album came out and you could probably pick. Yeah. Five, six tracks off of that. Trust me. It was tough. Yeah. (laughs) To put onto, onto this list. Uh, but I picked the one that is going to, that probably has the biggest legacy from pop culture, you know, moving on. And that is don't stop believing. All right. Let uh, me stop you right there. Cause it's also my number four. All right. <laughs> yeah. So go, go take, take it away. But yeah, it's it, obviously I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what's there to say about this song? It, you know, took on that new life in, in, you know, with being in the Sopranos, with the San Francisco Giants using it as yeah. a, like a rally song, a victory song. I, my, I've had friends who had it as their closing song at a wedding, and then a friend, and then the friends who met at that wedding use it as their first dance song ah. at their wedding. Yeah, <laughs> it is a song that connects people. That has just uh, in in ways that I. I I don't think I see other music do. Uh, it's it's one of Journey's absolute best songs, and from just the 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 narrative of it, I love songs with a narrative. <laughs> and yeah. and and this one is one like that. You know, in the same vein as Living on a Prayer, which has has true narrative to it. Like this is um, this is great. The the build to that final that final don't stop believing uh is is outstanding i I love everything about this song from steve perry's vocal to the you know guitar and the you know kind of keys at the beginning from steve sean that just lead into it with the kind of like guitar flourishing (laughs) as everything comes together into that like right before it hits in the second after the first course that as it just grows it grows in such a way that uh that just makes it it gives you all the feelings i guess in a way i love i love don't stop believing and number four for you as well so yeah i i i don't i don't know how it's not number one it should be because it's one of the most epic songs of all time it's Mm -hmm. the most well-known song on my list um it's so crazy to me to think that this song is more popular in the last 20 years than it was in the first 20 years after it came out. Um, Absolutely. Which is like, that's insane to me that this song almost went away and was gone until it was revitalized in, in the mid two thousands there, because I mean, this song has everything that you want in a song. There's nothing wrong with this song. The lyrics are great. The music, you know, the accompaniment is great. The lyrics are great. Obviously Steve Perry's voice is great. I can safely tell you, John, that I've sung this song at karaoke more than any other song that's ever been made. Like this is, I mean, this was like going out in college with friends and doing karaoke as a group. I've sung it solo at karaoke. Like, I I mean, it's, 
it's almost a perfect song. I, I can't, there really is no negative to this. It's, it's, it's literally epic is the only word that I can use to describe this because that's, that's what it is. It, it's, it's epic's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Epic. That's what this is. I mean, it's an iconic song. It's, it, I, I almost want to see well, some of the other ones. It's like, okay. With like rapture, some of these other songs, it's like, if you're not too familiar, go listen to it. I don't need to say that with this song. There's no disclaimer. <laughs> you are familiar mm-hmm. with it. You already know what it is. You know how great it is. I think that it's been a little overplayed now, even. I think it's probably gotten to the point where I think it's lower on people's lists overall now because of the overconsumption of this song the past, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years or so. And so I think it's kind of funny the ebb and flow of this song. You know, it's, it's going to go back up at some point, you know, and people oh, appreciate it. And then it's going to go back down from being overplayed again. And it kind of has that value to it, which is a good thing when you think about it's- it. Yeah, listen, I work with high school students. I can tell you this will definitely be another one that I see them performing and, and you know, and dancing to or like you're like yeah. or quoting all the time. Like, again, it'll come right back around. It's, it's, it's one of those songs that is not going away. It's that good. It's that powerful. And everybody can connect with it. I, I wonder, you know, Steve Perry, obviously not not on the same page with Journey anymore. Yeah. Like if he has any like regrets about not, being able to take advantage of that resurgence and like yeah. be out there with Journey now, you know, in their in their in their like later performance. Yeah, they're probably not doing that without this song being revitalized. Like, you know, yeah. people probably don't care enough to, you know, to go see Journey or anything like that. So I mean it really is it, it was for there was a, a real there was a window there where this song was just everywhere every, every sporting event every yeah. sports team you know rally cry um you know glee like i mean it was literally everywhere yeah. like you know they put it they kind of put it back on the map a little bit it was in a, a i know it was in like a, a really uh, big scene from like laguna beach around that time like it was literally across okay. it crossed different genres it was touching different demographics it was literally everywhere and 81, 82, such a big moment for Journey. Like, like I said, you look at that Escape album yeah. and then Frontiers after, just hit after hit. As I put on the music video jukebox, my quote on that for separate ways, they got an arcade game out of their success. It was yeah. a, journey, a Journey arcade game. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that is how big Journey was and how important they were. And I guess part of that is just the epic, you know nature of this song and of their their work so great i'm glad like and it's interesting that we could each find three that we rank higher. yeah i'm interested to see what they are um because of that so kick off your number three and we'll we'll see what six songs or p- perhaps less if we have overlap yeah. well i guess i know one of yours right but right um you know which which songs listeners do we think is better than don't stop believing my number three is you know, more of an underdog feel than, you know, some of these groups we've been looking at here, but just as important and a group that broke barriers on the on the pop charts for me by showing us, you know, how girl groups can, you know, have, you know, really talented musicians and pop sensibilities in ways that they're not just, you know, three singers going together. And they led to, you know, future girl groups that we'd see in the 80s, the Bangles uh, and even like other other bands moving on. But I've got to pick the Go-Go's and their lead single, Our Lips Are Sealed, off of Beauty and the Beat. Uh, Jane Weedlin, the, song, the songwriter for this, uh, did an excellent job of weaving 
kind of just like, you know, fairly like personal lyrics into a really, really uh, poppy and upbeat song. Uh, the fact that you have her guitar work and her songwriting skill going into this, coupled with the star power of Belinda Carlisle, who's just charismatic beyond uh, beyond anybody else. And that's why we saw her as a front woman break out into solo work, um, carries this track. And it's one that you could hear everywhere. It's one that I feel like if you if the song starts, you may not remember it all that well, but you'll know the lyrics because yeah. oh, it's yeah. that it's it's one that that everybody can remember, and it just sticks with you. Uh, it's fairly timely. The passing recently of Terry Hall of the Specials, uh, who was who Jane Wheelan wrote the song about about their secret, their kind of <laughs> hidden relationship. So if you listen to the song in it's stripped down version and the demos they were recording of it acoustic, it takes on more of that personal feeling. But the fact that they're able to take such a, a personal song and make it into a pop blockbuster that it became is, uh, is it really says something about the musical talent behind the go-go's and they, they burnt, they, they burnt fast, but they, but they, but they were, they were gone too soon as a group. I wish we had more uh, go-go's music you know, from that early portion. So uh, this, but at least we got Beauty and the Beat and we got Our Lips Are Sealed and it kicks off my top three. I, I this song should have been in my honorable mentions. I, I don't know how I somehow, this this one eluded me when it came to making this list. This is a great song. I mean, it's, it really is. It's, it's, it's fun, but it's also meaningful right it has that blend of like a, it, it is it's a really fun song but it's it's not tainted love where it's just fun and you know there is like you kind of mentioned there's you know there's an underbelly to it and there you know there is some significance to the lyrics and to the message of the song but it's just it's sung really well it really it is one of those songs that like you mentioned people you you know the words to it you know everyone knows that the you know jealous games people play our lips are sealed like everyone knows that uh, right. You know, we got the beat is great, right? Same album, you know, that came out, uh, you know, that year. Um, but our lips are sealed is definitely the superior song of the two, um, in my opinion. And yeah, just really great song. Love the representation for a girl group on here because I think that, you know, later on as you know, as I get into more episodes of this, you know, there's going to be some bangles and heart, right? And you know, some of those those other groups, you know, maybe who knows, Wilson Phillips might, might end up, you know, being on the list, you know, towards the end of the decade here. So definitely, uh, you know, love the variety that that gives us as well. And it really is a good song. And I, I not sure that I can argue or, or be mad at you for putting it above. Don't stop believing. Cause at this point, that's kind of the benchmark is, is, yeah. you know, what this is ahead of don't stop believing, but I, I completely concur when it comes to this one. That's, that's awesome. Thanks. All right. Um, I will move to my number three. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about these feel good songs and, you know, a lot of these songs just really put you in an, an instant good mood and just, you know, are upbeat. My number three is not upbeat. Um, you know, I, I, this is definitely a, a, you know, kind of a slower song that builds up. Um, it's just a song that I love. I think it's a song that every man or boy, I should say, um, any you know 
pre, from prepubescent to probably somewhere in or after college can relate to just based on the lyrics of the song and and, and what's being said here. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Won't you tell me if I'm coming on too strong? This heart of mine has been hurt before. This time I want to be sure. I've been waiting for a girl like you by Foreigner is, <laughs> is, is my number three. I just like, we've all had that day where we're just pining over that girl, you know, where you're in your room, you're just kind of you're a little bit depressed. You've got the butterflies, you've got the anxiety and you're just thinking, you know, and, and this song just kind of hits all of that. This is that inner sort of like 15 year old male song. Like if you look at the lyrics, it's like exactly what, what you're feeling, you know, in that age, it's got that sort of angst to it. Um, But it's also very optimistic, of course, you know, I've been waiting for a girl like you to come into my life. It's really appreciative. Um, And I I just really, I've always loved this song. I I think it's just sung very, very well. I I really like Foreigner. I think they're another band that just had so many hits um, in the eighties and, you know, couldn't come up on other lists uh probably will but this song to me is is probably i guess it's you know based on the way my list broke down is i guess you would say my my favorite ballad of of the year um for sure there and for good reason i just i this song well as the kids say right put you in the fields right (laughs) that that's what this song does really and and it it really in a good way though and in a positive you know an absolute positive way but I, the lyrics are great. I, I, I really love this song. So I, 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 I had to make my top three. Absolutely. What a year for Foreigner. This yeah. urgent with that sax solo. <laughs> like, like, but uh, what a great track. Yeah. Waiting for a girl like you. Didn't quite, didn't quite crack my list. But uh, if there's, if there's, we, we've talked about a lot of pop songs. But what gets you really going are those those songs with longing, songs with real emotions that you can connect to, that you can put to a put to a point in your life where you're like, he's saying what I'm feeling, right? Exactly. Like that's, that's exactly it, you know. Like he gets and, me. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, he gets me. Oh man, yeah. You start like pulling lyrics from it in in letters that you're you're <laughs> trying to paraphrase it in ways. Be like, yeah, I'm that genius, but. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. It, in, it would be, yeah. I think we're putting it up against against. Don't stop believing. I can see why people would would lean to this. Uh, yeah, def, definitely one of those. You know, one of those power ballads for sure. Which you know is a staple, becomes a staple, right? Of of the '80s. Which I'm sure you know. There's going to be probably a dozen more of those discussed throughout the you know entirety of this podcast when it comes to the '80s. But th- this is one of the first ones I think that was really like. Oh, all right. So these bands, you know, there's more to them than just the, you know, kind of that classic rock stuff. Like, you know, they've obviously, you know, they've got cold as ice and, you know, yeah. hot blooded and things like that, which are, you know, very ACDC like. Right. But then they, they throw something like this out and you're like, oh, there's there's a little bit of range there. Right. There's a little bit of, you know, they're a little bit more eclectic than, than I would have thought. So, yeah, I think it's a great song. Good deal. Hey, I see we're at like four minutes. Yeah, I don't know what is going on. I'm working on it. So we'll just uh all right. we'll, just, we'll just keep moving along and and I don't know if you wanted it like because if it's gonna get cut in like Yeah, three. this time I won't let it run down. If yeah, if it's gonna when it gets down to like two minutes or so, I'll after after okay. this, after you do your your next one. Good deal. Uh, hey, number two is uh, one we've talked about already at length. And my number two was Phil Collins in the air tonight. Uh 
again, I think like my 1987, 88 self would be like throttling you for being like, how could you put a Phil Collins song like, in any top 10, let alone at number two. But we've talked about its importance, the overall greatness of the track and the power of it. Uh, great debut for Phil as a solo artist that endures to this day. And um, if you were to look at the charts and have to pick for me, like of the songs and be like, which ones am I still listening to? Uh, in the air tonight is always going to be there. So I don't think there's much more uh, based off what we've said already for me. Yeah. And again, like, obviously, you know, I covered it before as well. It's, you know, it's really, um, it's really classic. It's, it's a great song. And again, one of those where it's like, can't argue that it's above don't stop believing. Cause I mean, it, it's, well, you know, I had it, what, three, three spots away from it. So obviously, you know, I feel very similarly. It's funny. I say like, man, how can you put Phil Collins on here? But it's also, how can you put Phil Collins above journey? Like what, <laughs> you know? So, right. but you can, yeah, it really is. You know, they're actually, it's very similar when you think about it. We both said they both had kind of renaissances in the mid two thousands there, uh, you know, both of those songs. So it makes sense that, that it would be above there. So, oh man, my number two, which I, I wanted it. I wanted to make this my number one uh, for a reason that will make sense in a, a couple seconds here, but this was just a song that as soon as I, you know, I, I was like, all right, when it comes to 1981, this was one of the very first ones that I said has to be on my list. And I just double checked and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's 81. And I double checked and it was, and it, you know, you can call it a one hit wonder, you know, the artist, he did other things. He ventured and, and I think he was more successful in some other spaces, but man, this song is, to me, if, if you say to me, 80s music, this is probably one of the first 10 songs that I think of because it's just a moment in time that that you can really kind of picture. And I, it would have been really cool if it made my number one because it would have bookended my list um, with songs that have female uh, girls' names in them because my number two is Jesse's Girl <laughs> by Rick Springfield. Um, man, I, I, just another song that, one, everybody knows it. As soon as he gets to, you know, and he's watching her with those eyes all the Mm -hmm. way to where can I find a woman like that? Everything in between there, everybody knows every no matter who you are, you know that, you know, you know that song, you know that part of it. Um, Again, it's it's just so good. It's also one of the songs that's instantly recognizable with the baseline right at the beginning. It's, it's just, it's, it's so I picture Craig Robinson in a hot tub time machine when he covers it. And, and it's just like, man, it's, this is just such a kick-ass song. Like it, it really is. It's, and again, it's one of those songs that you can relate to as well. You've all, we've all had that friend who was kind of dating someone and you're like, man, like, I feel like if I met her first, you know, there's a chance that, that I could have got, you know, like that's very, a very relatable yeah. feeling and a very relatable, you know, something you can really kind of connect to. And I think that's what makes the song even better is that it's a situation that many people have found themselves in. So you're mm-hmm. really listening along going, yeah, 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 I do wish I had Jesse's girl. I don't even know who she is. But by the end of the song, you kind of want Jesse's girl. Like, and you've never met her, but you're like, yes, I, where can I find one? So I, I, I love, I absolutely love this song. And, and I knew for sure this would be close to the top of, of my list. So the fact that it landed at number two does not surprise me at all. I mean, to have a number one pop hit that could have a line like, I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. Mm. <laughs> Like just just the wording in it and this the the way it's put together is so great. 
And you cited uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. When I think of this song in movies, I think of Alfred Molina in Boogie Nights in yeah. that tense scene where they're throwing firecrackers and he's he's just the bathroom open. He's like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> like, yeah. so much in touch with the song, Jesse's Girl. Absolutely. Uh, puts it into like almost a sinister level because it's able to be applied there. This pop yeah. song in a weird scene. Uh you know, kudos to Paul Thomas Anderson for that choice. It is, yeah, a a a song that it's it's like this would be a B side with eight six seven five three zero nine. I feel like you could right. put these as like a double a double side that you would listen to together. You know, both about those like girls that we're longing for, uh, and we have like specific names in it. I love that it's not even. A specific name for the girl. I love that we're we are associating her with somebody else. Right with we're someone. Yes, like, we don't know Rosanna, her name. Yeah, it's not Rosanna. It's not Jenny. It's like no, she is just Jesse's girl. And I think what's great about that is that it makes it it can be anyone, and so you can yeah. relate to it because you're like, okay, this could be you know just enter name here, right? The the girl yeah. that you have a crush on, and you can kind of erase it and then put someone you know put someone else's name in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse is a friend. He's always been a good friend. <laughs> That's the other thing too. It's like it's not. It, it brings starts in like out with this like nice friendship. Let's say it brings in bro code, right? Like how you know where, how far is too far? Do you know? Do I do these things or do you know? Do I have to honor the fact that you know Jesse's been a good friend and I need to kind of back off? I love when my pop songs can start a you know ethical debate. You know, as <laughs> as Jesse's girl does here, right? At, absolutely. Yeah. I. I. There's nothing again about this song that I dislike, and and it had to make my number two. And and uh, mm-hmm. you know, as we get into our number ones, uh, we'll see how they stack up here. But uh, we, you know, we finally made it. Uh, your list has been amazing so far, so I'm really excited <laughs> to hear uh, what's going to be finishing it off here. Scott was putting this to get this list together. Like I said, using the Billboard charts, using Wikipedia, and had a list of 15, 17 songs, and was kind of finagling around with them, putting them in order. And went back through that Billboard chart uh, again earlier, you know, and I and I was looking through. Or, uh, somehow I missed one. Or it was the releases I was looking at, the album releases. And somehow I missed one. And when I saw it, I was like, well, let me play the track again. And immediately went, I was like, well, this is number one. This beats <laughs> everything that I had. But <laughs> like, like, how could I, like, how could I have even not thought of this? Or I, if I had known it already, it would have been, we would have started there and say everything else is second. And Talk about the epic feel of Don't Stop Believing. This song takes that and dials it up even more to me. It feels it has even more of an epic feel. And it has the emotion that goes into a classic breakup song uh, as well. And that is Ario Speedwagon, Take It on the Run. Oh, <laughs> oh that's that, excellent. That just, as I was listening to it, I was like, okay, so... I was listening to it while putting putting on the list. I was like, yeah, this is definitely going to be on there. And then it just builds throughout. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. Getting into the next chorus and then taking all over. Yeah, Man, no way. This is, there's nothing better than this. This is it. <laughs> and when you have a song that can do that, it's tough to explain, but let me try to. Um Heard it from, it starts out so mellow that, you know, heard it from a friend, heard from a friend that you've been messing around. So yeah. it's kind of, it sounds like, ah, oh, this is going to be this sad, 
you know, he's broken up, broken hearted. But it builds to this just like, I don't want you around. The anger that's behind it and dismissing him, pushing away the, the spurned lover is so empowering towards the end that it's great. I, I remember just hearing this come across playlists when I would be on like long runs training and it, it guides you through as well. Like it, it, yeah. kind of lift, it lifted me up in that way, even though it's, you know, a love ballad. It's a love ballad that is, that has balls, man. It is just like awesome. And I'm glad that to have some real rock representation on this list include as, you know, along with all the pop and happiness we've heard, because this as a love ballad breakup is still just like belts out everything, every emotion leaves it all on the, on the table (laughs) at the end. I I absolutely love this song. I'll probably listen to it three (laughs) more times today after just like, like, like getting into it again. It, it's definitely one of those songs that I'll listen to it back to back sometimes. Like it ends and I'm like, all right, I got to run that back. Um, yeah. Obviously I had RL Speedwagon number one on my 1980s list with Keep On Loving You. And this is kind of like the twin, right? The the the, mm-hmm. the twin of that song. It, it, like, it's so good. It's it's just, it really is like. I was worried listening. I was worried listening back when I heard you say REO Speedwagon on the last list. And I was like, Ah oh, crap! I I just picked it. But I was like, no, yeah, keep on loving you. And yeah, a different vibe though. Yeah, right? it's that like, one is I'm gonna keep loving you, and this is like get exact out. opposite. Yeah, but they <laughs> it's like the delivery from Ariel Speedwagon, which again I think over time is a band that needs to be more appreciated. Um, you know, one hundred percent for their contribution to music. Um, you know, during their heyday. Um, yeah, you're right. This is an epic song. It's another one where it's like, okay, that's higher than Don't Stop Believing. Yep, I yeah. I can buy it. Like it's. <laughs> It really is just everything you want out of a of a rock ballad love song. Like this is kind of the blueprint for that. If you're sitting down, if you have a band and you're like, all right, we're gonna write a you know a, a love ballad here, with it, but we want to keep our rock feel. This is the blueprint for that. This is exactly how you would go about it. Mm-hmm. Man, that's uh, a great choice. Just adds that there's like layers added to it throughout. Just right. Yeah, it's, it's like it's all it's like it's, it's like cooking. It's like all right, this is pretty good, but what if we try throwing this in, right? What if we try throwing a little mixture of this in there, and it all just mm-hmm. works, you know, as it goes through? Ariel Speedwagon number one on back to back years. That's who would have thought? That's that's excellent. Shout out to this. If you're listening, shout out, all right, to Totally Rank. I don't want to toot my own horn, but shout out to this show for Ariel Speedwagon, for Blondie, and for Olivia Newton John. Okay these underappreciated art artists that are really getting their due thanks to this show. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, let's finish it off on my number one, before we go in and talk about some honorable mentions. Uh, my number one, I knew it would be in my top 10. I had no idea where it was going to land. And then all of a sudden I just kept thinking about it and I was like, okay, I, I, yeah, I can put it over this. I can put it over this. And eventually I, I moved it and there was nothing else ahead of it. And I'm like, Oh, all right. And then I, I went through again to kind of double check. And I was like, yeah, this is number one for me. Uh, you know, we've been talking all episode long about just these fun songs that make you feel good and that are really catchy, right? And easy to sing along to. What's easier to sing along to, John, than na, 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 There's nothing easier to that. And that's why my number one is Centerfold by Jake Isles Band. 
man, this song is fun. This is one of the most fun songs I've ever heard in my whole life. I remember hearing this song as a kid, not knowing, I had no idea who it was, what era it came from. And I was like, this song is just really fun. It's really cool. This is like a dance in your underwear in your living room type of song. You're doing dance moves. You don't even know what you're doing. You're moving your body in ways that it probably shouldn't be moving, but you're just having so much fun to this song. That's all this song is to me is, you know, Angel and the Angel is the centerfold. Like it's uh, the the song's amazing. Like this is a song that I would listen to every single day, not get sick of, and just have an amazing time doing it. And that's the testament and the mark of an, an iconic song. That's why it's at the top of my list. Um, I have so many memories listening to this song growing up. I mean, it played pretty much on a loop in my house growing up, and I'm glad that it <laughs> did because it's it's really put me in a good mood ever since if i'm in a bad mood throw on centerfold and and my day is instantly better so number one with a bullet for me centerfold great number one everybody's joining in on that clap in the middle of their right? chorus my blood runs cold pop, pop. yeah everybody at the karaoke knows that and then you get to the uh, na na na's and it's like the, the yeah. it blows the roof off of that place yeah uh wonderful wonderful uh choice and very worthy of a number one too. Did did it chart higher than Freeze Frame or did Freeze Frame? I think Freeze Frame might have charted higher, but I definitely think that Centerfold to me is is the more which fun is the song one that you yeah, which is the one you think about though, and yeah. everybody knows it's it's going to be this. Same with uh, one of mine. Don't stop believing is not the one that charted. Oh yeah, higher no journey. Yeah. Like Open Arms is the one that that was the bigger hit, but this is the one that sticks through and that's great uh that sometimes are the, the songs that we think of for our top 10 lists are not the ones that that sold the most yep and you're right yeah this can connect and can just like uh motivate people in in ways to just get up and dance and sing along i love it another early video that was memorable yes. as well, oh yeah right? oh I think yeah this was a pop-up video staple as well this one oh absolutely up on pop-up yeah yeah, absolutely was. And yeah, I, I've probably seen this music video more times than than I should have. <laughs> like just just for, like not even having to search it myself. It's just, yeah, it was always this was always on VH1. Like this is mm-hmm. always you know, any sort of countdown of like, you know, best music videos of the eighties or something like that. This this often comes up because yeah, it really is just a lot of fun and matches the song. You talk about a video matching a song perfectly. You know, they, yep. they really go hand in hand quite well, just like, you know, like physical or, you know, some of the other ones. It's like this video and this song are, are intertwined, uh, you know, for a good reason, because they, they match each other perfectly. So, man, we did it. We made yeah. it all the way through uh, with very little crossover. I, I what I like is that, you know, most of what wasn't on each other's list was like in honorable mentions, you know, so we had that synergy, but also got to talk about, you know, a lot more than, uh, you know a lot more songs than we would have if our list, you know, had three or four, you know, that kind of overlap. So man, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. Kudos to Andy. Thanks to you for like salvaging some of those one hit wonders. We gotta, we gotta keep their memories alive. Yeah. I'm a huge, I'm a huge one hit wonders person. I, I, they're just some of the best and most fun songs, you know, of all time. And they will continue to come up in future episodes because the eighties is just littered with them. So they're perfect for that, that, you know, TV commercials scrolling through playing the snippets that like model that I have that's where you would be like I know that yeah I know that song oh, I'll tell you right. there were so many Mr. Mr. songs that I only know because of those type of commercials <laughs> <laughs> so yeah trust me I get it um let's talk about some some songs uh you know 
that maybe just narrowly missed or anything else yeah. that, that was a contender for your list? Um, I have a couple here, but if, you know, if you have some, I want to, you know, give, give credit to other songs too. Just, just cause it doesn't make our top 10 guys doesn't mean that they're not great songs and that we don't love and enjoy them. So as far as like earworm riffs, you guys had a lot on your, your previous, mm-hmm. previous countdown, you know, kind of like the, the guitar riff or, you know, other keyboard riff that gets in your head. One that, will stay with you, me all the time is just can't get enough by Depeche Mode. Oh, it's a and good that one. opening, yeah. that, that opening key that carries through the whole song that do, 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 do. Yep. It's, it, they, you know, they went on to be known more for some more mellow, you know, melancholy yeah. tracks, but to hear that real dancey vibe from them. Early I think on, there are a lot of people who don't even know that that's Depeche Mode. Probably I would yeah. imagine like, because it is right. kind of very different than what they would do a little bit later. But yeah, that that's a really good one. That's that's like a classic 80s sort of beat right there. You hear that and you're like, oh, that's that's 80s. That's an that's from the 80s. Yeah. And for for you mentioned Hall and Oates, uh in 81, one of their probably most 80s songs to me, the most like uh 80s-ish Hall and Oates songs, I would say, would be Private Eyes. Yeah. Came out in 81. I love that song. I have Kiss on my list, of course, on my list Kiss as well. Um, just so many great songs from them. We had in a in the old world of the pre, that predates Chikara wrestling in Allentown, PA. Uh, we had a wrestler who we found a mask of a big eyeball, and you know it was just a, so his head was an eyeball, and so he would wear a trench coat and the mask, and his it was the wrestler was Private Eye. He was the wrestling yeah. detective, and so he. <laughs> And his entrance music was private. Eye. That, hey, they're, they're watching you. Yeah. Um, and then another one I had on here from that in, in, in Kismet with your earlier list, you guys had cool in a gang on 1980, 81, get down on it from cool in the gang. Came oh, out. So good. And, There's know, a wedding the, song. If I've ever heard one. Oh yeah. Like, you know, celebrate as a wedding song, get down yeah. on it. Cool. in the gang should just play weddings. And you know, and just—I'd be fine with that. (laughs) Yeah, that—that's a really good. That's another song that played a lot in my household growing up. Yeah, both my parents, big Cool and the Gang fans. So yeah, that—that's great. And one song that I had that was in my like top five to start, and I was gutted to have to lose it uh, because they're one of my favorite groups. Is Squeeze in '81 released Tempted? Uh, Oh yeah! Wow. Okay. And you know, just a just a just a one of probably their highest uh, probably their best charted track is tempted and it's a shame that it was up against so much other competition there was a lot of lot of firepower in 1981 mm-hmm. um yeah i had a few too i i had one um so uh hard in my heart by quarter flash is one of those songs that i wanted it to make my list because it's such a good song that i feel like is forgotten but it just you know got trampled by some of these these heavy hitters yeah. right i mean unfortunately it just wasn't in the same ballpark but i do think that's a really good song um i did have every little thing she does is magic of course was on my honorable mentions um and then i had one too that you know this was never going to make my top 10 but i i wanted to shout it out um just because uh it's just fun and i want to make sure that i yeah um carl carlton she's a bad mama jamma um, <laughs> which is just like one of those kind of nondescript kind of songs that really doesn't mean anything but it's mm-hmm. got that fun sort of funky almost cool in the gang type of beat you know she's a bad mama nice. jamas so i had to put that on there and then i have two more um one that i think i'm a little surprised 
didn't make my list. And initially I was like, this is probably a lock is don't you want me by human league? Mm. Because I, that's just such an eighties song, right? Like whenever that's one of those infomercial kind of songs, that's like, if you see, you know, um, people listening to this, uh, if you're younger and you may not know, there used to be like stores where you would go to and buy CDs. Um, you know, this is one where you go in a CD <laughs> store, you see like compilation 80s, right? 80s pop or best of 80s. And I feel like Don't You Want Me was one of those songs that was always oh, yeah. on those those types of albums. Very, very 80s. But just as I was making my list, I just went, you know, I really like this song, but it just kept kind of falling down and falling off. I do like the you were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar as an opening line, though. I think that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last one is uh, something that I think we all do, something we can all relate to. And that's Lover Boys working for the weekend, <laughs> which is also kind of one of those. Put my red headband on. <laughs> yeah. <and start. laughs> yeah. It's also one of those just it's got that great sort of 80s beat to it. Right. Um, everybody knows that everybody's working for the weekend part. You can sing along to it um you got a piece of my heart like there's there's a lot of fun you know fun parts in that song as well for people so i that almost that was probably my number 11 um because uh, i i really like that song and it reminds me also of it was in the video game grand theft auto by city which had just this bang and <laughs> 80s soundtrack and that was one of the the big tracks that they had so i it gave it a, a little bit of a new life for me there as well awesome yeah um anything else uh you know that that kind of you know, I want to make sure you didn't forget anything. Uh, 81, I mean, 81 is the year. 81 is the year that brought us MTV. I think you're yeah. going to see your lists moving, moving forward that a lot, a lot come and get inspired by the tracks that made it to video. Uh, oh, yeah. So I think this is, this is our last, our last gasp at songs that were, were radio play, you know, primarily. And yeah. I'm, I'll be interested to see how, how these evolve moving forward where it's it's less so you know oh the song was a great single or you know i remember the video so i think it's gonna get a lot i i do envision it getting a lot poppier right Mm -hmm. a lot more pop i think it's at least for me i'll say you know and i don't have guests scheduled you know yet to where i know exactly who it's gonna be but it's gonna be probably more mainstream for me just because again that's the stuff that we remember right i mean we're gonna get into an era now i mean we've got 82 and 83 coming up that's gonna be thriller you know we're gonna get to madonna you know a lot of the that prince you know the heavy hitters right are really Mm -hmm. gonna gonna start to come up so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that goes but i'm also gonna also always stay true to my one hit wonders so i you know i kind of make sure that those are still you know represented on my list as well hey hey man if you put you know a class photo of the artists we we put on these two lists today i put that up against a lot that you're gonna have from the years coming up there's man there's some real talent on here there's some talent and just some heavy hitters this this year is really filled with just some classic iconic songs i mean just like if you look at both of our top fives i mean it's just those uh, just classic hit after classic hit um you know and that's gonna remain but yeah this is i would stack at the 81 is it's one of those years people immediately go to like 84 87 i know it was a big one 83 1981 stacks up like really well overall when you look at kind of the year-end charts and what was popular there's a lot of songs in there that i that i put up in a battle against like if there's a i'm not saying it would win the royal rumble of 80s years songs but maybe an elimination chamber like it you know what i mean it's you put it up against five or six other years here i think it's it's gonna it's gonna take the cake so i really appreciate you you know 
taking this journey with me, pun intended, and, um, <laughs> you know, just, just really jumping on board uh, with this project. I, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, the more people I can have on here, the more variety, the better, right? You know, as, you know, as a listener, you want to hear different people's opinions and perspectives. So I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to jump on here. Definitely have you back on in the future, whether it's later in the 80s or in the 90s. Um, you know, definitely happy to to have you jump back on. But if there's anything else, you know, you'd like to, to say before we get out of here, please, man, the floor is yours. No, I, you know, thanks so much again for having me. I think you got a, a great thing going here. Good luck with it. Uh, keep listening, guys. Check out, the you know, everything you can on Place to Be Nations, our Facebook page or on the podcast feed. Uh, the music video journeys every day, I think, are some of the best material yeah. we put out. Uh, fun to fun to take a trip down memory lane and hear where people were when they first saw a music video or what what they like, what their memories were of it. And also just kind of, you know, inevitably gets me into watching videos that either I haven't seen before or even just watching more and more by one artist. So uh, keep with that. And Scott, great job. Thanks again for having me on. Looking forward to uh, the years to come on this. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, John. And, and yeah, echo everything you said. The team works really hard, guys. So please go out and support, listen to them, all the feeds, you know, obviously the pop feeds, incredible, um, you know, tacos, the classics, uh, it was a thing on TV is, is really fun. I really enjoy listening to that. Um, but just, you know, everything overall, whether it's the no, so, or if it's the, you know, place to be nature in the main feed, there's so much great content out there. There's something for everyone. And so, you know, if you've listened to this and you had enjoyed it, you know, there are a lot of people who are better at this than I am, who are doing a better job. So if you like this, you're, you know, you're definitely going to love some of those. So please give it a listen. Um, but we'll be back uh, next month with 1982. So start making your own individual lists. Uh, so we'll see how they stack up and we'll see you in 82.